0: The Kansas City Chiefs, in many ways, pick up right where they left off a season ago. And yes, shame on this sad, lowly radio host who was actually dumb enough in week one to fade Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I was dumb enough to do that. It happens. There will be plenty more bad picks along the way. We just hope that there'll be a couple of good ones mixed in because... I was feeling good when Houston scored the first touchdown of the game. Then after uh, 24 unanswered points, yeah, I'm singing a much different tune. But look, the Chiefs are a machine. And this wasn't even, in my opinion, what their offense can be at their very best. Because we know with the Chiefs, they are normally a team that is tailor-made for the big play. They really did not have the big play in this game. And you go back to the divisional round game they played against the Houston Texans. They had a ton. You go back to the AFC championship game they put against Tennessee. I mean, you remember Mahomes at the end of the first half scoring that touchdown, how outrageous it was. Or in the Super Bowl when they were down 10, third, and 12, all the momentum in the world was on the side of the San Francisco 49ers And Mahomes hits Tyree Kill 40, 50 yards down the field. Boom. They get back in the game. They end up winning the game. And away we go. Normally, that is a hallmark of Kansas City. This game on Thursday night, it was not. It was a whole lot of dinks and dunks for Mahomes. But effective nonetheless. And my big takeaway from watching the Kansas City Chiefs is, my goodness, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who we've been talking about quite a bit. The product coming into the league, who is an electrifying player coming out of LSU, is paler made for being in that Chiefs offense. And for those of you who are fantasy football people, and I know that's many of you listening right now, I am sure you're all thrilled if you ended up with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on your fantasy team because he had 138 yards, a touchdown. And got damn good bulk of the carries from Andy Reid and company. Repeating in the NFL is going to be really, really tough to do. I don't care who you are. But Kansas City is a team that is absolutely equipped to do so. They bring back the same cast of characters, basically, with the exception of Damian Williams. They are as well coached as it gets. And they have the best player in the league. And anytime you have the best player in the league and he plays the most important position on the field, hell yeah, you're going to like your chances. And for Houston, look, that Texan defense did not exactly wow me here in week one. And you always want to be careful jumping to conclusions and rushing to judgment with what you see in the first game of the year. But I'm not in love with the Texans this year at all. They're in a tough division. I don't like that offense nearly as much taking away DeAndre Hopkins. Will Fuller had a great game. He went for 8 and won 12 But you know it's only a matter of time before Will Fuller finds himself on the injury report. And he's missing a couple of weeks because that has been the story for Will Fuller throughout his NFL career. Some things just never, ever, ever, ever change. So why am I supposed to believe that this is going to be the year that Will Fuller is going to go and play 16 games. I think Houston would probably sign for him playing 11 or 12. they probably sign for that. But I think Houston is a third-place team in the AFC South this year. And I think they will finish behind Indianapolis. And I think they will finish behind the runner-up in the AFC a year ago. And that, of course, is Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and the Tennessee Titans. But job well done by the Chiefs, 34-20. to 20. And I got to say this. For those who are wondering about, all right, well, how is the product on the field going to look when you take into account no preseason, no OTAs, COVID obviously having this impact uh, across the globe and especially here in sports. And then, you know, the limited fans that you have in a building, would it influence? the way any of us sit down and watch the games. And for me, on Thursday night, it was a resounding no. Now, maybe you guys will feel differently on this. You might. But as I was sitting there watching that game, aside from the crowd not being jammed to the max, I felt like I was watching the National Football League like I would always this, you know, first or second Thursday in the month of September. And I know it's going to feel like the National Football League on Sunday. I wake up and I do my Place Your Bet show over at SNY. Maybe get another coffee at Starbucks. And then, boom, I'll have all the screens going. Basically trying to duplicate a Vegas sportsbook out of my one-bedroom apartment. And that will be an absolute thing of beauty. Yeah, it felt like football to me. Are we going to have some sloppy games? Yeah, but you know what? We have sloppy games the first couple weeks it seems like year after year after year. And there were a whole lot of people who basically were of the mindset that there's no way in the world the NFL is going to get going. There's no way in the world the NFL is going to start on time. So I'm going to give Roger Goodell and company a whole lot of credit. And we don't do that very often on this show. And I think for anybody who has listened to me, you know I have been a very, very harsh critic of this commissioner. And I would say that my, you know, anger and frustration amongst commissioners has shifted in- entirely in the direction of Rob Manfred, who I said a while back has eclipsed Goodell as the worst commissioner in sports. Goodell's has done a really good job with this. I give credit where credit is due. In March, free agency went on without a hitch. The draft a month later was different, but it went on without a hitch. Let's just hope and pray we're going to be able to say the same thing about the NFL and their season over the course of 16 games. But at the very least, it got off to a very, very good start. Now, we look ahead to Sunday. And as I said a minute ago, there are a few days in sports that every single year I have trouble sleeping the night before. And my excitement level is just through the roof. And, you know, I'm just as giddy as can be. It's like waking up as a kid on Christmas morning knowing those presents are going to be under the tree. Two of the days for me that always feel that way in sports. One of them we were jobbed off back in March. And that's the first two days of the NCAA tournament, which is just wall-to-wall action, wall-to-wall excitement, high noon to midnight. But that first football Sunday, knowing that I will be locked in, glued in from 1 o'clock in the afternoon till about 11.15, 11.30 at night. It's a feeling that doesn't ever, ever, ever get old. And in a year in which a lot of that has been taken away from us, opening day at the ballpark, NCAA tournament, yeah, I'm going to be all sorts of fired up getting ready to get into my Sunday routine and getting back to doing what we do. And all in all, from a football standpoint, I'm very juiced up about the week one card. Obviously, locally, you have the Jets who go into the year with limited expectations. You trade away Jamal Adams. It's still not a great team as far as playmakers are concerned. There's not one great strength I can point to within the football team. And there are still questions about the durability and what kind of player Sam Donald is going to be now going into his third year in the league. It's obviously a very, very important year for him. But I don't think anybody is going into this year with the mindset that the Jets can be a playoff team. We heard some of that last year, a year ago, as the Jets were getting ready for the exact team that they are facing Sunday in the Buffalo Bills. You remember last year, I looked at the Bills and the Jets as two teams on similar paths, and I wanted to see who is going to be the team to really ascend. Well, we got our answer. It was clearly Buffalo who made the playoffs. It was clearly Buffalo with the year that they ended up putting together. And for the Jets, I mean, they were 1-7 to start the year. And I know they ended up winning a bunch of games at the end of the year, but in many ways, to me, it was window dressing. It just was. They beat a ton of bad teams. They didn't really wow you. They lost to two winless teams. So, yeah, I'm going in this year with limited expectations from a Jets standpoint. And they got a whole lot of new faces on that offensive line, which is... Great to see, because the offensive line last year was not particularly good. And we spent all offseason applauding Joe Douglas for the priority of putting, you know, a quality offensive line in order and making the necessary moves, whether it's in free agency sounding a bunch of guys, whether it's in the draft going and getting Makai back in. But we know one thing about offensive lines. It normally takes them... Couple of weeks, in some cases, a couple of months to be able to gel. So, going up to Buffalo against a very stout, very tough defense, this to be a tough game to win. Now, I know Sam Darnold has won his first two starts up in Orchard Park, one of them was legitimate in his rookie year. Sorry to burst the bubble of the Jets fan who's going to be giddy about that Week 17 game last year when Buffalo basically said, well, we don't care. We're getting ready for the playoffs and we're going to sit our guys. I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in that. This would be a real impressive Week 1 win if the Jets could go and get it. You want to change perception? You do so by winning games. That's the only way you do it in the NFL. And right now, the perception around the Jets is that they have the look and they have the feel of a team that is very much in transition and a team that the Vegas odds and most of the general public not going to think much of going into the year. So yeah, I have very limited expectations for what we would be looking at Sunday and I wouldn't be holding my breath that the Buffalo Bills are going to lose to the New York Jets outright. The rest of the week one card, oh, it's juicy. And I think there's no game juicier than the one you're going to find at 425. And thankfully, for those of you who are not, you know, Red Zone subscribers, and for those of you who don't have the NFL Sunday ticket, you're not got to worry about this one being on the air. But Tampa and New Orleans is going to be so fascinating to watch. And I guess to a lesser extent, Miami and New England with Cam Newton making his start and his debut for the New England Patriots – but Brady is to me the talking point because now it's the idea of the greatest quarterback possibly who has ever lived, a guy that many assumed would be a patriot for his entire career, taking on and going on this new NFL journey with Bruce Arians, with Byron Leftwich, with all sorts of firepower. He's got a heck of a lot more firepower in Tampa than he had in New England last year. That is not up for debate from Chris Godwin to Mike Evans to OJ Howard to Cameron Braden, his old buddy, Rob Gronkowski, Tampa. Yes. Was the darling of the off season. And I know so many times over the years, people look at that specific team and they say, it ain't going to work. There's no way in the world. This is going to be successful. I don't see it that way with Tampa. This idea that Bruce Arians and Tom Brady can't get on the same page, I think is so overblown. I think it is such hot air. I think it's a whole lot to do about nothing. I think Bruce Arians is the type of coach who's going to adjust to the player he has. Not worried about that. Especially when his name is Brady. I think Brady's got something to prove. I think he wants to show people he is not totally watched and totally done in his 40s. Does that mean Tom Brady's going to win a championship? No. But do I think Tom Brady's going to have a whole lot of success this year? I do. I think they'll be a playoff team. I picked them to win the NFC South. And they're taking on that team that they're going to have to beat out if they're going to win the NFC South in New Orleans. And this might be it for Drew Brees. Drew Brees got that NBC deal staring him in the face. He has hinted at the fact that he sees the end. And the Saints have been knocking at the door the last couple of years. Too much to ask for them to go on one last ride. That's going to be a game that is very meaningful for the division. It's meaningful in the standings and could set a tone for both teams. And know this, New Orleans has not been particularly good in week one. You look at their week one performances over the last, I don't know, eight or nine years. Have not been a great team against the number have not been a great team outright maybe that's something to take into account we'll have to see okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better